0: this is the pmp industry insider podcast
1: hello everyone welcome out to another to another episode of the pmp industry insider podcast where we take a look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry my name is Donnie Shelton, as always, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest Control and Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of co which offers a which what in the world is wrong with me this morning, Dan? I can't talk. Owner of That's Co-March. A <laughs> it is a problem, especially if you have a podcast. Digital marketing yeah. and civil services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, which I've already let in on here is Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello to everyone?
0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers. Fractionalized CFO services, exit planning services, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, just back from the dark side of COVID and feeling very good. And uh, the reason I think you mentioned this last uh, is uh, the reason I got COVID was to test the theories about COVID because this podcast began during COVID. And so... You know, we'll be, well, we, we all appreciate you taking one.
1: Yeah, we all appreciate you taking one for the team here yeah. to get you know actually go out and do it. So yeah, yeah, good. So that's, that's good. Well, Dan, we you want to introduce our guest? Super excited about who we got on for today. Yeah,
0: I've known this guest for, oh, I don't even know, it's got to be at least 20 years, and um, always respected her and um, been really good friends with her. And um, uh, it's uh, Sherry Spencer Bachman, and she is the former owner of Spencer Pest Control in Greenville, South Carolina, a business that she exited earlier this year when she sold it to Haley Capital Management. Today, she has a company called Pest Control Business Coach, and she teaches uh, pest control operators how to grow and manage their uh, companies using a system for personal and professional happiness that helped her take her own business from several hundred thousand to more than six million in revenue, all while raising her family. Um, you may remember we had uh, Sherry's daughter, uh, Laura uh, Corbin, um, a few weeks ago or a, a while back. And uh, Laura uh, has uh, taken a lot of the... Um, the concepts and a lot of the, um, the, the, the uh, technology that Sherry kind of uh, w- was her brainchild and uh, has really made uh, that business sales. So um, I am extremely excited to have Sherry with us and uh, welcome, Sherry. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, good.
1: Great to have you, Sherry. And I will tell you, it sounds like you are the uber multitasker uh, growing <laughs> the business and raising the family and everything else. It's uh, it's, it's how life works, right? So, well, let's jump right in, Sherry. So, let's talk a little bit about um, your background here a bit. So, you joined your father's pest control company, I think, in the 1990s. And, and you know, Laura talked a little bit about this uh, when we had her on, but he helped computerize the books. And, of course, uh, we all know that you've been in the industry ever since. So, What made you stay in the industry even after helping your dad computerize the books?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, I was originally in the software industry, so it was a um, good, good transition for me to come in and computerize the books. But I had no intention of staying and I fell in love with the customer service aspects of the business. I enjoyed Answering the phones, talking to customers, helping solve their problems through sales and, you know, developing their trust. Had phone relationships with quite a few customers and and never expected to stay. And um, that was June of 1990. And the rest is history. So, yes, I was about 10 when I did that. But yeah. Wow.
1: So right. You said you came from. Uh, you said you came from the software industry. What 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 did you do before?
2: So I did uh, software support, and it was in the con- uh, construction arm. So when the IBM PC first came out, we had specific industry software um, that helped um, the construction industry, and I set up their computers, went in the office took their manual systems and moved them to computerized systems. So I ended up, you know, taking computer bugs to real bugs, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that that makes total sense, right? I mean, so this is what you did professionally and then it's all you had to do is come in and do it for your dad. uh, Yes. Yeah. Cool.
2: And then it evolved from there. Um, just, you know, not only helping the customers, but then it became like, I really enjoyed the employees because we could make a difference in their lives. And a lot of these employees came to us, you know, they they had maybe GEDs or a high school education. They may or may not have had a good upbringing. They didn't know, they didn't have life skills. So then we started like, hey, we could make a big difference in that. So we started working with them on you know, budgets and getting them hooked up with financial planners and, you know, life coaches type of thing, how to, you know, raise a family and how to get your finances in order so you can support this family and how to do different things. And so, you know, feeling that ability to help them. And then, started getting involved in the industry and met so many wonderful people and have so many phenomenal relationships with other PCOs that it's like, how do you leave this? Right.
0: And so you, you really got involved with the industry from a leadership perspective with MPMA Mm -hmm. and with the associated group and whatnot. And uh, Mm -hmm. how did that help you? uh, You know, how did that help you uh, with your professional development? Um, It's a, it's a terrific industry um, if you if you want to reach out to people because there's plenty right. out
2: there. Oh, a humongous impact on my personal development. So my initial thoughts were, why on earth would I want to go to a meeting with peers that I potentially compete with? This makes no sense to me, right? And um, I had. Um, moved my way up within a branch, and then I got divorced, and my husband, my ex-husband, was involved in the business, so I ended up becoming a district manager, running two locations, and it's like I have really no idea what I'm doing.
1: Um, hang on, and, hang on. So you got, you got, you guys are now that had, that had to be awkward. Was that awkward?
2: What? What? To like work with your ex-husband? Yes. <laughs> No, no, he he left in during the divorce. So, okay, okay, cuz I was confused there.
0: <laughs> it yeah, certainly makes way. for good control, good separation of functions, but. there's yeah, no that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, he he left during the uh, divorce, but I had just like I started as a CSR, I went into sales, I was running a small branch that was doing like half a million dollars in revenue and we had another office doing about little ah, 1.2 1.3 million so it's a little bit different than half a million and and now I had responsibility of both and it was like oh I'm overwhelmed I need to learn more I need help so I started going to FPMA meetings Florida Pest Management meetings and then um I started get I went to my first MPMA academy and wow was that a game changer the people I met um, Bobby Jenkins, Kevin Kordak were my team leaders and the, the people I met, the mentors I, um, got, ended up developing relationships with. I could call people and say, help, what do I do about this? You know, cause before I was the, I was alone. I felt very alone. And by getting involved in the industry, I now had resources. Not only was I learning from the, um, the agendas and the speakers and the different things that went on at the events, but I was learning from my peers as to, Hey, don't make these, these mistakes. We've already made, um, you know, those types of things. So, um, that was huge for my, um, development and
0: learning. Awesome. So let's kind of jump into, uh, what you're doing now. Um, so we heard a little bit about the, the tools and apps, uh, uh, that pest control business coach offers when we had Laura on, um, who now runs Spencer uh, for uh, Haley, and uh, using those tools. Um, but give us an idea of, you know, what are you doing? What what are these apps? How do they work? Um, you know, Laura gave us a, a bird's eye view, but um, you kind of, you know, conceived them and, uh, and, and 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 developed them. What uh, what were you thinking? And um, what what's your take on? This?
2: So the way they came about is I'm a big dashboard person. So at, at one point I was in charge of five offices, um, bought them from my father and trying to manage what was going on in these offices and stuff, um, getting once a month financial statements or pulling reports. We're Surf Suite users, so pulling reports out of Surf Suite and stuff was was some days cumbersome. And so we started developing dashboards. And so the dashboards were just done in Excel. And we started tracking things that we want, that I needed to know as a business owner to say, how is that particular location doing? And if it's not doing okay, where is it not doing okay? And if it is doing okay, where is it doing great and why is this office have a strength that another one doesn't or or whatever so we developed dashboards and started managing these numbers on a daily basis Well, what i found as time progressed and technology got better was um managers didn't always have time to pull up the dashboard and seeing it on their phone it was small and so you would ask them questions and they would say, oh, well, I haven't had time to look at that dashboard yet and and dig into that. And it's like, OK, there has to be an easier way. So we created an app that um, tracks all the information that we would track in a dashboard, but it does it by department within the app. So, for instance, in the service department, um, we look at three to five key performance indicators, one of which is daily production. Uh, as it relates to the total for the month, Uh, cancels, uh, service requests or callbacks. Um, Those are the main three we look at, but you could do up to five. I never, to me, more than five becomes overwhelming um, for anybody to look at. And then in sales, we would track, you know, their daily sales against their quotas and their close rates and how many proposals they put out. And then we started looking at the CSRs and we said, all right, let's look at how long they're on the phone, how many inbound and outbound calls they take, how long are they on the phone, um, and started tracking some KPIs, key performance indicators for them. And we put them in this app, and every employee had access to this app. And what we noticed was the employees started their performance increased. So before just the managers saw it, well now all the employees got to see it every day and they started competing against each other and they started trying to beat their peers' numbers and they started to at least hit what was expected of them. But in 90% of the cases, they exceeded what was expected of them because there was a little bit of competition in there. and it was not so. It it was designed originally for the managers, and it ended up being a better tool for the whole team.
0: Is there um, anything that you restrict, like that only the managers can see, that the technicians yeah. can't see, or what 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 are those items? Yes.
2: Yeah, so if you're a service technician, you only see service. If you're a salesperson, you only see sales. If you're a CSR, you only see CSR. But there's also the scorecard there that um, management sees. were we were always very transparent with the management team as to what our benchmarks and numbers were. So from the benchmarks that PCO bookkeepers taught us, um, we created a scorecard. So Thanks we actually club. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, the, you know, we would put in the benchmark for gross profit and for labor and for materials and for uh, vehicle expense and then our net profit and our rule of 23. So we created that manager scorecard as well um, so that they could see it. Managers can see everything or not. So when we set up the app for you, you tell us who gets to see everything. Um, the app has some other it's it's developed so it, it has some other new features to where uh form requests like um a c- chemical request or we can link to um we used Fambu HR which is a great employee management program. We would link to that so employees could get to their time card and get the requesting time off without going through another app. So we can link apps together to where it's one app for the employees we've linked in their employee handbook their uh sops for each of the service the company policies and procedures just everything the employee needed to do their job was right there in that one app
1: so then we said well i was going to say so i i want to talk just a moment because i i think Well, first of all, I want to back up just for a moment, because I think it's genius what you just said, which was, you know, you guys started on Excel spreadsheets. You know, a lot of times I talk to folks and they don't track as much as they as they should. Right. They're not clear on who has which responsibility. And then they also don't track that responsibility. And because they're like, well, we don't have the right software, our software doesn't do it. But the reality of it is, is that you can create a spreadsheet and keep it simple to start with. It's not, it's not ideal, but it's better than not having anything at all. So I think that's, I think that was really wise on your part. Um, the, the one question I have is, is like, okay, so you, you recognize, okay, I need to know what's going on. I need to know what each person is doing. You kind of create these spreadsheets. You start creating these dashboards and you did it for the managers, but then your people start seeing it and they kind of see, oh, wow, they, you know, the performance started improving. When did you recognize, like, okay, now this is getting to be quite the bear? I need to streamline um, how this is working. What can you just kind of walk me through that? Because I mean, I'm assuming that's how the app came about, right? It was like, okay, we yeah. got to get this organized and we got to streamline it a bit. Can you just walk through that just a bit?
0: Yeah.
2: So streamlining is like my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> so I. <laughs> Yeah, I worked for my dad who had an accounting background and if things could be duplicated or triplicated, he did them. And um, one of the things that drove me crazy coming from a software background was, okay, software works and it doesn't need to be duplicated and triplicated. And every time you touch something, the chances of a mistake happening increases. So the less we touch something, the more we can streamline something a the less room for error there is and b the fewer people i need to make that job happen and in a in a you know today our biggest challenge for growth is hiring and so if i can have f- fewer people in the csr department getting the work done because it's all streamlined for them or fewer managers because they're not having to pull reports and do some of the paperwork and it tasks that a lot of service managers or managers do couldn't I do it with with less overhead and fewer people and still get the job done and get it done well so it we that's just one of the things I'm always looking at how can we make this simpler like what what's the process is it going to work if we had you know twice the number of people or even three more people or two more people is it still going to work <laughs> because that that I found when I was much smaller is as we got bigger. There, none. The what got us there, isn't going to get us to the next uh,
1: right. step. Right. Right. And when you said they stay in one app for everything, so does your app like wrap around? Like, because I'm assuming I don't. Uh, by the way, I don't know an awful lot about Surf Suite, and I don't know anything about their. So, but I'm assuming they have a mobile platform so they can access that mobile platform within this app as well uh, and their HR as well, or how does that
0: work?
2: So we can link to websites very easily. We have difficulty linking to other apps, but apps themselves typically have a website. So no to Surf suite mobile. So our guys use two apps, one for serve suite mobile and one for us, but like bamboo HR lead now, um, Podium, some of these other things they can go straight into directly from our app.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. OK. Cool.
0: So you've um, kind of started this coaching uh, uh, career, um, which I think was probably born out of the fact that you attended or participated in the whole coaching And uh, after exiting your business, um, I I guess this is your new life. Um, What are the most common reasons that uh, uh, PMPs will reach out to you uh, for help? And what are the simple things that they should be doing differently to make their lives easier? And, um, you know, um, how does your whole business model work and and, and who's your your best client? You know, what, what, what does that look like?
2: So um, probably three reasons people contact me. One is they want to grow the business, but they're not, and they can't figure out how or why it's not growing, or it has so many headaches, and it's in what I call chaos, that they're not even sure if they want to grow the business because is the chaos going to be even worse as they get bigger? You know, they're doing everything now, and they're working 80-hour weeks, and and how does that stop? Like. You know, type of deal. They want some free time. I've heard uh, deal with a lot of married couples that, you know, own the business and both the husband and wife are in the business. And I get the comment of we just want to take a vacation together and actually relax while we're on vacation and not have some, you know, constantly being on the phone or the computer and saying, why the heck did we even go on vacation? We should have just stayed home and should have just gone back to work type of deal. So that's the main comments that I get when I first meet with people is, you know, the business is ruling our lives and it's in chaos. And how do, how do we stop it? Right. So um, and then my my the biggest thing that for me was a game changer was having processes documented, like documented processes allow you to have accountability with your team. And I was taught you inspect what you expect and how do they know what I expect if it's not documented? Now, do they read it all the time? No, but when there's a problem, I can pull it up and say, see, it says it right here. <laughs> and this is something that you know you were trained to do properly. It helps with training, it helps with accountability. And once you have accountability in your people, they want it. They want to know what's expected of them. And then they do a great job. And those that don't, they don't stay long. We help them work for somebody else.
0: <laughs> for the competition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Sure. So, you know, and then the other thing is having a plan. So many companies don't have a plan and they don't know where they're going and it's like well how are you going to get there if you don't know where you're going and how's your team going to help you get there if the team doesn't know where you're going and so many people are like well I don't want to share with my team how big I am or how much money we make or what money we want to make and it's like you know it's an education process and having some transparency there people want to be a part of something and if if you Do it right, and you share with them where you're going, why you're going there, what opportunities that opens for them. They want to help you succeed, they want to help you get there, and they will. And so, having that plan, having processes documented, knowing what the company's about, culture is huge. That's where I always start is with culture Um, and making that business something you enjoy. And that you have a great team or family around you in that business.
1: So I know that you are a certified Colby consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea what that means. So uh, <laughs> most people <laughs> <though>. Yeah. <laughs> so I've so yes. heard it, and I, and I've heard that term kind of you know tossed around, and and mm-hmm. I I've never really kind of dug into what it means. So can you just walk us through? Okay, what is what does it mean to be Colby certified? How you got involved with it, and then why did you bite off on it?
2: Yes, so Colby was a game changer for our business. Um, so I got involved in a group for entrepreneurs called Strategic Coach about eight years ago, and it. Our first meeting, they did. They had us do our Colby, and I'm like, what is this thing? Um, and then took a class on more and more of what Colby was, and and both Laura and I are certified in Colby. And we implemented it within our business. So what Colby is, is it is not, well, let me first say what it's not. It's not a personality test. It's not a personality profile or assessment. So there's three parts of our brains and one is the cognitive, which is everything we've learned in life. One is the affective, which is our why. It's why we do things, our values, etc. And that's what every single personality profile tests. Are you introverted, extroverted, dominant, you know, uh, task doer, black and white, whatever, right? Well, um, Colby tests the conative part of the brain, and it's how you do things, how you receive information, how you handle change, how you handle process, um, and how you work with your hands. So with Colby, it when I assess somebody with Colby, and I know that they need a lot of information, that means they're gonna read and research stuff. If they follow process, then that means what I've laid out in my documented processes, they're going to follow. If they don't like change, they're not going to always be changing the process and doing it their way. Um, And if they like to work with their hands, they're going to be better technicians because they can fix their equipment and not sit in their truck all day. So you can assess positions as well as people and then right fit them to that position. And every time we hired somebody because we liked them and didn't follow the Colby fit, they didn't last. And every time we hired somebody with the Colby fit, they, as long as they had the skills and they also had, you know, the why, the value system, they were a good culture fit with our business. They were extremely successful in their position. And so we ended up with a bunch of rock stars.
0: By the way, this 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 podcast, we don't see a video, but speaking of talking with your hands, I'm watching yeah, Sherry I and she's explaining <laughs> everything with her hands, counting yeah, on yeah, her right. fingers. You, are you part
1: Italian, Sherry? Do you have any Italian? Yeah,
2: you know. <laughs> all the time with my hands. All the time.
0: <laughs> so uh but that that that's very interesting. So you're kind of putting the Right. People in the right seats on the bus mm-hmm. uh, based on what uh, they're showing their, uh, you know, talent to be or what they're. They they're nat- well, it's,
2: yeah, it's natural strengths. Um, Kathy Colby, um, who developed Colby, her father was Wonderlick. Um And she's in her 80s, but she, all her research started with children where she noticed when kids are playing with blocks or puzzles or whatever, some kids sort the blocks before they build some kids and they sort them different ways. And some kids just jump in. Or when you do a puzzle, some kids do the, you know, the outside edge first and some pick colors and so. And she's like, why do kids do this different? So the whole thing uh, was built on this and the determination, the discovery of the cognitive side of the brain or how we're wired at birth, it never changes. We all accept information the same way, uh, or as we were wired as a child. So like, I like bullet points. I don't like a lot of details where my husband, Ray, loves details. And so if I wanna know something, I just ask him and then he figures it out and gives me the Reader's Digest version, <laughs> of it. so it's great. Um, yeah, Laura's great at process, my daughter, Laura. Um, and so I'm kinda in the middle. So she's very organized, people high in process are extremely organized. And so, They know the importance of process and following it. A lot of people high in process love checking off lists. Well, we want CSRs, they do the same repeatable tasks every day. So we want them to be high process oriented people so that they, and love to check those lists off so all the tasks that they need to do each day get done. Okay. Um, So I love change and love to brainstorm. Uh, Used to drive my team crazy. Now I know why. Because if I got people in the room who don't like change and don't like to brainstorm, you know, they'll like break out in hives because, Oh my God, how am I going to get all this done? And we haven't even made a decision yet. So now you get the right people in the room for the right thing that you're working on, the right people on the right projects, the right people in the right seats. It's awesome.
0: That's great. So let's just, uh, you know, we have a few minutes left, but I wanted to switch gears. Um, you know uh, you sold your business earlier uh, this year to uh, Haley Capital uh, Mm -hmm. and we go by the name of uh, Rocket Pest Control and uh, unless you've been under a rock you know that uh, the the M&A market is red hot. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the process from your perspective why you ultimately decided to sell the private equity as opposed to a uh, a big strategic and uh, any advice for prospective sellers these days, because I'm getting calls every day. Everybody is either they want to sell or they want to hear more about testing the market mm-hmm. and uh, how that, um, you know, w- w- what's going on out there.
2: Yeah. So first of all, um, I'm going to give you another plug, Dan. So appreciate
0: it. <laughs>
2: uh, w- We, uh, working with PCO bookkeepers, we, we started with them years ago and he got our chart of accounts in order and got the business structured to where we could see where we were from a benchmarking standpoint. And I will say it's awesome in this industry to be able to know what benchmarks you're going to hit, right. Or you should be hitting and that, that resource is out there and to be educated in that and then set the business up to hit those um and you know understanding that recurring revenue is the name of the game um those one time services like bed bug jobs and you know specialty one times that might be big and great and put money in your pocket today really don't help you when you decide to exit your business it's all about how much recurring revenue you have on the books and what that mix of recurring revenue looks like and so um so we started even before we knew or decided to sell our business, we set our business up as if we were going to sell it. And I think that's a real big key because fixing that six months before you decide to sell or oh I've decided to sell, let me go fix that. It's just not really gonna, you know, work and because they're looking at historical data as well. So running your business from a from that perspective was huge. And then um, hiring a professional to help you do it um, was awesome as well. I did sell a couple of my locations uh, without uh, M&A specialists involved, and and then hired Dan for this sale. We were much larger. And um, knowing what I went through when I sold the other branches, it was a lot of work to do by myself, but I also, thought I knew more than I actually did. And there's a lot of moving parts to selling your business and a lot of details and a lot of a lot of information gathering. And that process became a lot easier hiring a professional to do it. And then you know Dan's group, Dan knows who's looking to buy businesses, right? And we would have never found Halley Capital uh without um Dan. And they just ended up being an amazing fit for us. Um, number one, the, the, the people, we really bonded with the group itself. Um, great people. And then um, we were very intrigued that they were new to the market, so we could kind of be a trailblazer with that. Um, my biggest concern was my daughter, Laura, who was... who. Had worked for me for 10 years and we grew the business together. And she is only 34 years old. So she wasn't ready to leave the industry. And but I was just from the owning the business standpoint. And she couldn't afford to pay me the dollars that we could have sold for. So having her have an opportunity was huge for me. And I didn't want her to get buried in a bigger in a bigger company. So that's why we um uh that was a big part of the decision and I let her help make that decision as to which company she wanted to go with. And um we felt the opportunity with Hallie was much bigger.
0: Yeah. That's um, she, a great idea. Yeah, she she, 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 she happy a, these days. Yeah.
1: Yeah I was gonna say yeah if you got a kid and it's like you said it's 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 really difficult for them to I mean that's that sounds like a great a great way to it, do
0: that we run into it all the time it's it's very difficult you know you want to take care of your kid but you can take care of them in other ways you know if 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 it's something that you know uh, maybe you have a building and you can sell it to your kid but the the valuations are so high right now it's awfully difficult to turn them away but then you're also saying to your kid listen <laughs> this is what i'm going to do but you can take okay. care of them in the process so, right, we've had that several times. So
1: I, I almost think too, like, and this is just me thinking out loud here, so you can make fun of it. But I would, I would almost rather tell my kid, hey, I'm going to give you some money. You already have the know-how to build a pest control company. If you buy, right, it's going to be very difficult for you to compete. But how about we exit? I'll, you know, we can get some cash here, and you can go replicate it on your own. You know, that would be a much better option. At least in my mind, I don't know, but yep. Yep. anyway, yeah. awesome. But look, this has been outstanding, Sherry. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. Any parting thoughts here before we finish out from from Sherry from you?
2: Oh, I just um, can't say enough about how great the two of you are within the industry as great influencers and being there to help in your roles, um, PCOs, at uh, you know. Uh, Donnie, you with the the marketing with march you did our phone system call tracking matrix, which was great having march manage that. And then uh, Dan through PCO Bookkeepers and then his M&A part. I mean, both have been were huge benefits to our business. So if people aren't used to them, I'm going to recommend you guys. And I just really appreciate (laughs) the opportunity for you to allow me to talk about our apps and and the different services um, the coaching business offers to help other uh pcos out there you know there were things i needed help on and in some cases i had to create them and wish they were available and i love helping other people and so that's how the coaching business came about was so that we could um help others in the industry and kind of get them there faster than it took us <laughs> because we had to yeah. kind of create everything from scratch
0: by the way uh just, uh, I didn't even tell you about this, Donnie, that I have a special announcement. So for anybody who's going to Pest World, uh, Sherry and uh, her app will be on full display at our booth number 506. Mm -hmm. She's going to be joining us and uh, she'll be there, um, you know, to showcase it and explain it. And um, so that's a booth number 506. So if you're at Pest World, definitely stop by and you can obviously see us. But see what Cherry's up to as well. So, yes. Yeah, thank you
1: for that. Guess, yeah. And the only thing I would add to that is that Dan and I are actually going to be running the podcast while we're at Pest World uh, as well. So we will. Oh, I had
0: no idea. Right? Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. And uh, so, we, you know, if you're listening, we'd love to have you come back. I don't have the times yet. We don't have a huge banner, but it will either be in the Coal booth or the PCO booth or probably a combination of the two. So, right. cool. All righty. With yeah, that, yeah. thanks fun. again, Sherry, for coming out. This has been outstanding. Thank you. And uh, just a reminder, all our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our any of our episodes, please reach out and give us a rating or review on Apple or Stitcher or however it is that you consume the podcast. And with that, we're signing off, and we'll see you all next time. Take care, guys.